Welcome to the podcast, 1111 Forecast. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Hello. Good afternoon, day, morning, night, or evening. Wherever this is meeting and greeting you, hope you are in the highest of the highest of the highest spirits. Good day, everyone. So, yes, getting right to it. If you have any topic requests, send them to at Agent K21 Podcast on Instagram or Twitter, Agent K21 uh, hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on any of the social medias, or hit me on the celly, send me an email, fax me, any topic requests, suggestions you have, anything you want to see covered on this channel, or if you'd like to be a feature on this channel, let me know. Happy Black History Month, everyone who is black and everyone who is not. Happy Black History Month. We are celebrating every day. Every day we are celebrating. And, uh, Today in Black History, we are going to talk about Alado Equano. I'm probably not saying his name correctly, but he was known in his lifetime as Gustavus Vasas. Maybe not saying that correctly either. He was a writer and a balloonist. Uh, according to uh, where he was from, he was born in today's southern Nigeria. He was enslaved as a child. He was taken to the Caribbean and sold as a slave to a Royal Navy officer. He was sold twice more, but purchased his freedom in 1766. As a free man in London, Aquano supported the British abolitionist movement. He was part of the Sons of Africa, an abolitionist group composed of Africans living in Britain, and he was active among leaders of the anti-slave trade movement in the 1718, 1780s. He published his autobiography, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of Olada Equano, which depicted the horrors of slavery. It went through nine editions and helped gain passage of the British Slave Trade Act of 1807, which abolished the slave trade. Equano married an English woman named Susanna Colin in 1792, and they had two daughters. He died in 1797. Since the late 20th century, when his autobiography was published in a new edition, he has been increasingly studied by a range of scholars, including those from his homeland. So, um, yesterday I talked about the iron bit that slaves had to wear. Well, he wrote about it extensively in his, um, his memoir. He wrote about it, and um, he had an interesting life, you know. Um, had an interesting life. Um, so I would recommend that you go and look him up. Um, I was probably not saying his name correctly, but um, if you look up the Iron Bit, you will also see him as well. Um, but yeah, he, he was enslaved, and then he went to England. He was with the royal officer. And he eventually bought his own freedom and started publishing articles and writing. And he was really supporting the movement. Um, and I'm not going to read all about him, but I would recommend give him, give him a shout out and give him some interest. Uh, a lot of people have done a lot of work and they don't get the shine or recognition. So, yeah, we're doing things. We're doing things. And, um, yeah, we're talking about everything under the sun. And it is Black History Month, so do some do some research, enlighten yourself, um, look up some stuff about ancient Kemet, look up some stuff about just queens and 
emperors and things of that nature. Uh, today I'm going to talk about anxiety. Now, my black history person I just gave a shout out. I'm sure he dealt with a lot of anxiety. He was almost captured more than once when he was trying to get his slavery. I mean, trying to get his freedom from slavery. Whoa. <laughs> okay there. Um, but he... I'm sure that he, like all of us, have struggled with anxiety to some shape, form. Um, So what is anxiety? Anxiety is intense emotions of uh, fear, of um, anguish, of just feeling anxious, um, persistent worry. You know, we have things happen in our body, our heart rate starts to beat faster, we start to sweat, we feel rapid breath, we may have a panic attack, we start to feel increasing fear and and things like that. Um, What I've also heard anxiety to be is whenever we feel anxiety, it is because we are, there's a saying that if you're depressed, you're living in the past. If you're anxious, you're living in the future. If you're calm and at peace, you're living in the present. So everyone just take a deep breath, let it out. And whenever we feel anxious or feel anxiety, it's really helpful and beneficial to practice being present. So having a little bit of mindfulness. What I mean by that is, instead of worrying about, are you going to be late for work? Instead of worrying about what's going on with your kids, worrying about, is your spouse going to have dinner ready? Think about what is happening right here in this moment. If you're driving, can you feel your hands on the steering wheel? Do you hear the music playing on the radio? Do you feel the wind blowing on your face? Little things like that can really get us back into the moment, um, can really center us back to being present. And when we're present, we're not absent from our body, we're not absent from our mind, we're conscious about what we're doing. We're actually not just being blown by the wind, but we become the wind itself and we can emit our own frequency in that way. And so I want to talk a little bit about anxiety because I talked about trauma on the previous episode and what can happen, this is my experience, what I've seen, my own personal experience is that what can happen is when we've experienced trauma is that our entire nervous system gets hijacked. Our entire nervous system, our fight or flight system becomes haywire and usually when we experience trauma, we become absent from our body. Our spirit has to leave because it's just too traumatic and we kind of become on autopilot and we do things subconsciously, not realizing why are we doing this? What, what, is, what is going on? And it just becomes a pattern. Um, when we've experienced trauma, our anxiety can increase and um, what can happen is our wires get so crossed that we actually feel anxious when we're doing something good. So anyone who's had addiction or alcoholics or anything like that, codependency, narcissistic uh, tendencies, manipulation, control, any of those type of dynamics um, can cause, can be anxiety inducing. And it can feel like a betrayal when you go against the conditioning that we've been brought up with. So for example... I um 
I was getting ready to go somewhere. Someone asked me, hey, do you want to do you want to go with us to this place? And I'm like, "Mm, no, I don't really want to go there. And as soon as I said no, my previous conditioning of lack of boundaries and people pleasing came flooding up to the surface. So it was like, you know, the little hamster wheel started going oh, maybe you should go. What if you miss out on this? The, the FOMO was real. It was like, what if you miss out on something? And what if you're supposed to be there? What if you... Da, 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 da. And this just hamster wheel just ding, 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 zipping back and forth, feeling all this anxiety, like, you know what? I should really go. Um, there could be something really great there. Maybe I'm holding myself back. All these different things. Um, and so I followed my anxiety. Like, oh, maybe this is... Maybe this isn't anxiety. Maybe this is actually my higher self saying that I should go. And I went, and immediately as I'm in the transportation vehicle with, surrounded by these people, I'm like, why am I here? What am I doing? Can I jump out of this car? Like, I just, my mind was just like trying to escape again. And it, it came down to realize like a couple of things were happening there. There was a condition of self-betrayal that was being perpetuated. You know, the people-pleasing aspects were being uh, initiated as well. And then also the fear of commitment was there, you know, fear of committing to doing what I wanted to do and missing out on what other people wanted me to do. And then the fear of committing to what other people wanted me to do and missing out on what I wanted to do. So it was kind of a a catch 22, a rock and a hard place. And those are, uh, you know, we grow up in a society that makes us believe we have to compromise negatively, that compromises to our detriment, that it's going to always be a win-lose situation. You give me this, but you're going to lose that. You want your freedom? Well, sign these papers. Like, what? And that's not what true compromise and love is, not in true love. The compromises we make in love and from the place of love are win-win situations. You know, it's not about losing something to gain something or having to settle in some way shape or form Uh, another example of um, feeling anxiety for me personally when I feel anxiety I can get really confused can get really confused and start overthinking and start you know the hamster wheel just spins breaks basically and runs its own trail Um, but uh, it was a similar situation I had made a decision, I was committed to my decision, I'm like, I'm doing this, I'm going here for this weekend, nothing's going to stop me. Well, guess what, as soon as you say nothing's going to stop me, you guess what's coming your way, a bunch of shit to try to stop you. And so, a bunch of forces were like, hey, you don't really want to go away this weekend, you sure you want to do that? All these different voices were being implemented on top of the inner critic, or the inner voice that's always running, that is the conditioning of the same voices so feeling all those voices it felt very safe and very comfortable to say you know what those people are right I need to listen to them and the anxiety was so high that it was like on the verge of a panic attack and it was on the verge of so much confusion because it was like the torment of do I listen to myself and follow my own intuition or do I listen to these false beliefs in the background that are being enhanced by these people um, reinforcing these beliefs and so basically the situation was like hey I'm going out of town this week everyone's like no you shouldn't go no you shouldn't go 
And I'm like, yeah, I should. Then it's like, wait, should I or should I not? Then that's when the confusion is, is, is planted. And then it's like, no, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. Then I'm on the road, I'm driving. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm going, I'm doing this. It's like, wait, should I be doing this? Am I bad, wrong, not loved, unseen? What am I doing? Maybe I should go back and just, it, it top, it's just a topsy-turvy time. I'm like, I should go back. No, I shouldn't. I said I'd do this. Yes, I should. Blah, 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 blah. You know, next thing you know, I'm turning the car around. Like, I just got to go back. And immediately, as I turned the car around, that anxiety fled. And I was like, oh, this is good. I feel at peace. I feel safe again. This is really good. I'm doing the right thing. And then as soon as I got back to the destination, that anxiety peaked again because I was reminded by my cognitive, logical, practical mind of why I left in the first place. And it was a whole shit show after that again. It was a whole back and forth hamster wheel falling off the cages again. And um, I eventually had to push through that moment. I felt anxiety the whole time I was leaving from point A to point B. And it was very confusing to me because I felt relief when I was doing what other people wanted me to do. I felt anxiety when I was following my own path. And once we've abandoned ourselves so much and betrayed ourselves so much, up is down and down is up. It's completely inverted. And so the feelings of fear and not feeling safe was actually me doing what was good for me. And doing what was not so good for me, such as obeying everyone else, felt like safety, felt like home, felt like a great thing. And it felt like relief. And so um, there's another, another post I've seen that says, you know, if home wasn't always a safe place for you, you have to really be conscious of that. And it was kind of like this feeling of like, whoa, I thought I was doing the right thing because how I felt, my feelings and emotions were telling me, you're on the right path because all that anxiety you just felt is gone. But what it was is the ego. The ego was so like, I don't want to be uncomfortable, bro. I don't want to do this. I don't want to dive into the deep end. I don't want to put my, I just want to put my big toe in. And so what happens is we all have an ego. Uh, Sigmund Freud, a psychologist, talks about the ego ID and something else, the super ego. And, um, <laughs> and basically in the spiritual terms is the ego is the thing that has kept us safe it's the protector and um it keeps us safe by keeping us in what's familiar because the ego wants to predict what's going to happen if you jump straight into the deep end of the pool the ego don't know what's going to happen the ego wants to walk from the shallow end to the deep end sometimes you get pushed in the pool sometimes you've got to jump in the pool uh yeah maybe a terrible metaphor but um sometimes it's not always going to be just uh, tiptoeing in, in familiar ways. And a lot of times, for those of us who have grown up with trauma and things of that nature, familiar may not actually be what's healthy for us. You know, it's it might be familiar to be in a household where we're being yelled at and cussed at, and it might feel very strange and odd to be around a household that doesn't use that, that actually speaks you know, positively and has positive reinforcement and love and unconditional regard towards us. That might feel scary. That might feel like anxiety inducing. You might feel so anxious, like what is happening? 
um, first of all, it's not anyone's fault. It's not your fault. And you're okay if you feel that way. What's happening is your body's being introduced to a frequency it's never experienced before. And your ego is going, whoa, 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 no. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready for that. I saw a post earlier today. It said the ego says, I'm not ready. The higher self says, we'll get there. Or something like that, you know. And so sometimes we do things when we're not feeling ready. Um, For example, I had never had a pet before. And I didn't feel ready to have a pet. But I went to an animal shelter. I guess I was ready, right? Since I took myself there. And I was just going to go see this, this cat that was dying. That was my plan. And cat already had passed by the time I got there. So I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay. And um, I end up meeting my familiar, my spiral. And I did not feel ready. Not one bit. It's very anxiety uh, provoking. But I took that leap of faith and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I can do this and I will do this. And it's the same for uh, those moments that I've had where I've had to push through that fear, had to push through that anxiety and realize this is an emotion that's going to pass through me. It's going to it's going to resolve itself because when I'm logically looking at things and going "Mm," and my intuition is going, "Mm," but I don't feel any anxiety It's still like, okay, I'm I'm. There's good stress and there's bad stress. And I feel like we can almost sense the difference. The difference anxiety of saying, that's not a good situation. It has more of a... I don't know how to feel, how to necessarily explain it, but I feel like it has more of a sharp pain. It's more of a sharp, like, don't go there, don't touch that person, don't do this. You know, whatever it is, it's like a a quickness. Uh, The good type of stress or the good anxiety is more like a, a heat. It's like... Um, you know, anyone who's performed before had to give a speech, they might feel that anxiety and they know it'll go away as soon as they don't perform. And they know thinking about not giving the speech, anxiety is gone. But you know that this speech is going to bring such good awareness to, you know, the public or whatever. And so you push through that anxiety for that moment to give this amazing speech or amazing performance or production. And that's the type of good stress and it has a different feeling than the fear of anxiety there's a fear vibration to anxiety and then there's a mm, like a encouragement feeling of anxiety where you know it's going to be good on the other side so you push through it well it becomes a little bit challenging for us who've experienced trauma because the wires get so hijacked you know and that's a lot of times what happens when we continue to perpetuate the same type of relationships over and over, whether romantic or not, is that we are going by the internal compass that has been rigged. So south is north and north is south. And sometimes we got to go and invest in new compass or we got to fix the one we have. Not that anything's broken. So it's not about fixing what's broken. It's more about replacing it. It's more about replacing it. There's better compasses out there to invest in. And um, yeah, just get yourself a brand new compass. Go on and pawn that old one and get a brand new compass because uh, it takes a lot of unwiring of our minds, of ourselves, of what we think we know and what we don't know. And um, it's it's a tedious process. It's not an easy process. 
And you have to be very, very, very patient with yourself. You're unraveling trauma, unresolved wounds, secrets, you know, things that have never been discussed. That's a lot to do. So be kind to yourself in the process. And I encourage you to either get a counselor, a friend, a therapist, something, if that would help you navigate through these different things. Watch some people on YouTube. Watch some YouTube videos. Uh, Do things, read, do things to help align your path and align your chakras and your healing um get a spiritual practice a spiritual community a group whatever works for you meditate all of these things yoga all of these things will help uh clear these things um get a journal write it out uh i do provide affordable counseling at no charge I do accept donations and the link for that is in the bio of my at agent k21 profile um and so there's help available for those who have anxiety disorders or anything like that it's not really a disorder because everyone struggles with anxiety and um yeah so don't uh beat yourself up too much become yourself's best friend you know we we get beat up so much by the world at large and by people who don't understand us don't you be your own enemy be your best friend love yourself and um, accept yourself and I will be back with another podcast and another daily broadcast for you guys so enjoy happy black history month and uh, love yourself be kind to yourself and to others until next time